Welcome to Between the Fur. I'm Ken, and as a professional mascot, I need professional costumes, right? People always ask me, who makes your costumes? I tell them Alinko Costumes in Salt Lake City. Alinko makes just about everything for me, and they do an amazing job. Alinko not only builds costumes, they have a design service that's free, and they also service their costumes as well. However, now the largest and oldest costume company in the U.S. just turned it up a notch by bringing on my friend John Absey, formerly the Jazz Bear, to help with product development, processes, sales, and quality control. Hey, if you need a costume done right from the very start, don't waste time or money. Call Alinko. That's spelled A-L-I-N-C-O. And get it done right. We're on. We're recording. That was what it took. Exactly. So. Brilliant. My name is Ken. And this is my station between the fur. Today, we've got Rob Wycall, who is the former San Antonio Spurs mascot. The Coyote. So. Rob, what's up? How you doing, man? I am well, Ken. I am very well. Thank you for having me. By the way, I was also in Washington, D.C. for a short time. Hey, sorry about that. The FedEx guy's here. My dog's going crazy. Thank you, sir. So I was in Washington, D.C. for a couple of years, too. Don't forget about that. The old gee whiz. No. Ow. Oh, tell me about that. I don't know if I actually knew that. Ah, that was my, uh, so I part-timed for the Spurs. It's a part-time backup coyote for a year. Realized this was what I wanted to do. Um, It was way better than water skiing for $6.50 an hour. So so I uh, (laughs) um, put out an application, applied at a few places, and uh, the first place that asked me to audition was Washington DC. They were looking for G Wiz and their hockey mascot, which is Slapshot for the Capitals. Oh and right. I uh I auditioned and got a call from them a couple days later saying, Hey, we want to hire you as our hockey mascot Slapshot. And I was like, oh really? Ooh, I don't know if I want that job. <laughs> and he was like, well in the interview we asked you if you would take either job and you said, yes, I was like, of course I said that in the interview. That's what you say. But now that you're offering it to me, I'm not sure that I want to accept. Let me think about it. So thought about it. was like, Hey, at least it's a job took it. Uh, and so from there, I, I did slap shot for a year, but I also was helping the guy they had hired to be G whiz, which basically who, who was that? Uh, Seth Botone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, great. Which, ironically, Seth is from San Antonio. So we both were from San Antonio and got hired to D.C. And, um, and I love Seth, and we got along great. I just was, you know, I was spoon-feeding him a lot of the – he was a great dunker, but not a real creative individual. So I was spoon-feeding him a lot of that, like how to do a skit, and, and I would go to the game and help him through it. And so at the end of – one year, they basically said, hey, would you just want to be G-Wiz? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, since I'm doing it anyway. So I ended up doing both characters that year, and that was the year of the lockout, 98-99. So it was right. good money <clears throat> until about February 
when the lockout ended and all of a sudden I, I was doing literally, I think in the month of February or March, I think it was March. I did 28 games in 30 days. Holy. Yes. I, it literally, I think took uh, a couple years off my life. I was so tired, Ken. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I I can imagine. All I would do was (laughs) I would do a game crash. I would wake up, Go get because I'm still doing skits and dunk, you know I'm still trying to put everything out there. I'm not just skating by. <laughs> That's a little bit of an NHL mascot <laughs> and, and, joke. And did you skate? Did you skate? I, so you know how to skate? You know when I was water skiing at SeaWorld, we had the show we were doing had a big inline skating part of the show, and so I got pretty good at inline skating. Um, so I wasn't really an ice skater, but I could inline skate pretty well. So when I got there, you know, I just started skating. Yeah. I mean, there were like some of the hockey players would be like, Hey, I can tell you're not, you know, I can tell you're not an ice skater. You got to get down lower. (laughs) Yeah. You're not a real skater, but nobody else could tell. I was good enough. We're back with Rob. I call. He was telling us a little bit about his journey before the coyote spurs so uh, anyways uh sorry to cut you off there rob but uh pick up where you left off where you were talking about i had to move back to san antonio and uh looking for i had no job and called the spurs just thinking on a whim hey maybe you know i could do a couple of appearances as the coyote forum make some interim money before i get a real job and uh sure enough they were looking for a full-time backup it would then the plan would be to then take over um, when the original guy left. And so I said, hey, yeah, I don't have a job. I'll take that job. And that was in 2000. Stuck around till 2016. Nice. I love the fact that you kept pursuing this, you know, that you kept calling them back and, and you know, just chomping at the bit kind of just to get going and, uh, you know, trying anything and not just waiting for things to to happen for you. Yeah. You know, what's funny. I feel like my whole life has been sort of things have fallen in my lap, but at the same time, I'm just a really persistent guy in general. And so I've just always been persistent with whatever I wanted. Well, they say things have always worked out. Yeah. But they, you know, and they, and they say you create your own luck. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. So, you know, the harder you work, luckier you are right anyways so uh yeah tell me about uh some things with the spurs uh you know some highlights well uh uh, i want to know about what's going on one of the stories i uh one of my favorite spurs stories of course uh ken is when you and i met um in mexico and that trip was (laughs) uh was a lot of fun so i always i love telling that story of when uh, the first time I met you, and of course, I was new to the mascot world, uh, so I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, and uh, but I do remember that you know I had never seen in action. Oh, can I say that? I'll bleep it out. Okay, sorry. I had never seen a mascot in action except for the Spurs Coyote, and uh, and so. When I saw you, I was like, I really liked your comedy. I really liked, you know, the character 
that you were portraying. And I, I remember just, you know, thoroughly enjoying you. In fact, I remember you had an assistant, but, um, but I was constantly coming up. What can I do? Do you need anything? Can I help you? Because I just, <laughs> I just really liked working with you. And, and that's I, mean, I was trying to tell my assistant all the time, be that guy, be that guy. Come on, ask <laughs> yeah. me what I need. Ask me what I need help with. Come on, think for yourself. <laughs> initiate, initiate. That would yes. have been what the summer of '96. Oh, something yeah. like that. Ken. That's about right. Yeah. So that's when I first met you. Yeah. Two oh, young man. bucks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I remember that that was a that was a great trip. That was with Magic Johnson and his traveling team. Uh, I can't yes. remember what they were called. Uh, it was like the American All-Stars, something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Magic Johnson's American All-Stars versus the Mexican national team, which had uh, Nahara. Nahara? Nah, I just saw him. The Dallas today. Mavericks. I just literally saw him this last week. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, he actually yeah. came up to me and I said, Eduardo, Eduardo, come here. What's up, man? I haven't seen you in forever. And he comes up and he goes, how did you make that shot? <laughs> oh, the ladder shot? Uh, I think it was the crane. Oh, yes. That's hilarious. Anyways, but that was the first thing out of his mouth. Not, not yeah. hi, hey, good to see you or anything like that. Anyways, yeah. but um, that shot. so yeah, that was in Guadalajara. That was a, uh, that, that was a, well, there was, there was three cities on that tour, but we only ended up doing two. Because uh, remember, Magic Johnson got mad because his team lost that right. game in Guadalajara. Was not supposed to lose. That's right. So he hopped on a plane the next morning and just left his team there and just <laughs> went yeah. home. But well, uh, no, I think he took his team. Didn't the whole team leave? Like in I, the middle of the night, they grabbed a flight and left. No, I my understanding was, and I the team was there. Just Magic left. Yeah, just Magic left. left. Yeah. Ah. You guys fend for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could be wrong. So, oh, that was uh, quite a trip. Yes, and you lost your uh, money and yep. your camera. All the money I was supposed to make for the trip and a video camera that I owned, which back then was a big deal. To buy oh, yeah. a video camera was, you know, a lot of money. And remember, I was I was skiing for like $6.50 an hour at that time. So, <laughs> so a video camera that cost $750 was a pretty big deal to me. Right, right. And and it was stolen out of what? It was stolen out of the Mexican national team's locker room. So I had put my video camera in a bag with all my money and stacked like this closet in the Mexican national team's locker room because that's where we were changing. So it would be that Mexican national team goes out for the game. Okay, now mascot, you can go in there and change. So we went in and changed right. and it was like this closet in the back corner shoved it in the corner of this closet in the back corner, you know, like who would ever find that? And after the game, of course, the Mexican national team does their thing. They shower, they get on their bus and leave. Then we go into the locker room. I go straight to that closet and it's full of a whole bunch of dirty uh, towels, no video <laughs> camera bag, <laughs> no money. Apparently the equipment manager checked that closet out. Yeah, and it was tough enough to get the money from yes, you know, from the payment promoter. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to fight for that money already, so there was no like, yeah, "Hey, you got, stole it." 
I think we called the cops and they just laughed at us, basically. Yeah. Like, hey, we got our stuff stolen. They're like, okay. (laughs) Tell us something we don't know. That was just a bad day all around. That was the that was the game that I uh, I dislocated my left shoulder and ended up in a in an ambulance, uh, which was actually just a van, and uh, which which was led by a police truck that um, led us to the hospital and had my assistant at the time standing in the back of this truck. Anyways. That's a story for another time. Because we were in the middle of, I don't know if it was halftime or what part of the game it was, but we were doing a dunk show. That's how you hurt yourself. Because I remember, you know, we're still in the middle of the dunk show and it's like, hey, we've planned all these dunks, but I don't see Ken anywhere. Where? Oh, hey, (laughs) he's up at the top of the ramp getting into an ambulance. So I have to go say, hey, Ken's not going to join us. <laughs> and he Ken's like, out. What? Yeah, he's getting in an ambulance. Okay, you want to dunk some? All right. And so I just started helping him with the show. Did some passes, did some dunks, and we called it a day. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. So what was? Let, let me ask you this before we get onto what you're doing now. What was your favorite part of being uh, the coyote? What was what? I'm sorry. What was your favorite part of being the coyote? What was your favorite part of mascotting? Wow. That is a loaded question. Uh, And hard to answer. I mean, there were so many different aspects, moments that I can remember that I loved. Um, But my, you know, my general takeaway was uh, sort of the way I would say it is why it was such a great job. Because you still dealt with corporate America, you still have a lot of that, you know, frustration to deal with just banging my head against the wall a lot of times, Um, especially trying to be a creative person in a corporate environment. Uh, But what made it worthwhile to me and what was truly amazing was, I know it sounds trite, but just it was the fans. It was the crowd. It was being a part of something that was bigger than myself um you know being a being able to uh represent a city the way i was able to was something that was uh just truly life-changing surreal i just say i mean my life is a mascot um and i would guess you would agree ken it's just a real life it just really was uh in the in the sense of not only the fact of, like, as the character, I specifically remember it might not have been the same day, but it was definitely within the same week. I did an appearance for the governor of Texas. So, highfalutin. Mm-hmm. In the same week, I went to the south side of San Antonio to visit a dying child who was in a house in the middle of summer with no air conditioning. It's 100 degrees. The floor was dirt. Oh, my gosh. That was their house. And somehow somebody who knew this kid was dying got the coyote involved. And I went to visit this child. And you just, I mean, it was the the depth of depression 
you know, he knows he's dying and just trying to lighten it up for a second that he's just sitting at home in a hundred degree heat with a cup. They had like two fans blowing on him and that was basically it, you know? Um, but that was in the same week that I did something for the governor of Texas, you know, that was the dichotomy of the life of an NBA mascot. Yeah. I can totally um, relate with that. Right. So, you know, from one extreme to the other and very, very highfalutin and at the same time, very humbling. Correct. Very tender moments as well. Right. And, uh, and those were, you know, those were the moments. The, the moments I remember is that kid. It's the guy that, that you get a sheet of paper that just says, hey, can you go do this visit during a game? Oh, sure. You don't realize you're walking into a kid who is dying of cancer, two weeks to live, and their last wish was to go to a Spurs game. And so, you know, the Spurs knew that and threw, asked if the Coyote could go visit. Uh, but you, you realize as you're hugging you know, and I, there was one time I remember specifically, I don't realize it until I go up and I'm hugging the kid and the dad says, Hey, be real careful, you know, about hugging. And then my assistant says, Oh, sorry. Yeah, we'll be soft or whatever. And he's like, he has two weeks to live. He's dying of cancer. He just don't want to break a bone. Exactly. Oh. That just snaps and you back I'm to upset reality. Right about, yeah. Well, in my life, I'm upset about something that means nothing. This kid right. is dying. So right. always and you look reminded his, of the- who look like you look at his parents and, and, and you just see the pain oh. and the anguish cries and just the just the, the grateful, uh, you know, sense that they have all of a sudden just to have you there putting a smile on their child's face. Lighten it up and- in a second. Yep. Uh, yep. One of the stories that I tell uh, when I speak is at the children's hospital here in San Antonio when I would go a couple times a year. And this one moment I'm in the ICU at the children's hospital. So these are terminally ill kids that are so sick. They're in the ICU, you know, that they're in the little bitty room that you got to wash your hands and open and close a sliding glass door. Um, So I go in, you know, I'm visiting some of these kids and open the door, go in, it's about a three-year-old girl sitting on the bed, wires all over her, um, and, you know, do my bit with the family, super soft with her, give her a you know, touch her face. And specifically, I remember backing out of that little bitty room that's barely bigger than that bed, and you feel just the lack of air in the room of just, uh, you know, the weight. Of right. the situation. Yep. Yep. And I'm backing out, Ken, and I'm waving by with both hands and blowing kisses. And she says in this faint little voice that you would expect to come out of a three year old who's, you know, terminally ill, she says, bye bye, real soft, you know, just bye bye. And I wave by, open the door, shut the door, walk. I'm headed to the next room. And this the grandma of that little girl comes and hugs me. So I'm walking. I just feel arms around my, my chest. And I turn around. It's a little short grandma of that girl bawling, bawling. And she says, we haven't heard her speak a word for two weeks. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. But they got to hear her voice. And I immediately, in that costume, am cr- I start crying, right? Yeah. 
like yeah. I realize this moment and I'm falling and I hold her and you know I say you know when you hug somebody or you hug them and yep. you just hold them until they know that you mean it yep you know and that's how I hugged that grandma and we just held each other and cried and I just let her get it out you know because she's um. just bawling she's just bawling and I'm thinking in my head this girl's dying that might be the last time they ever hear her voice. Yeah. And, and, and it was because her, of that moment that I provided. And that, that's the stuff I remember about Coyote. Yeah, it was really cool. Game seven of the finals and working a crowd. That was awesome. But those are the moments, the dying children that I visited. Those are the things that I will never forget. Yeah. Those are the special moments. I'm telling you, I have many of those myself, and and it it is just why we do this, I right? Mean, yeah, and it's a uh, it's just a special thing. You know, I, one thing I know about you is your passion, your passion for whatever you do, and it was interesting to watch you uh, take a hold of this character, take a hold of that city down there. And how they embraced you as well, because they could feel your passion. They could feel what you were feeling, you know, being a part of of the whole picture. And, uh, you know, just like in a situation like that, you know, you can handle those tender, sweet, uh, just heavy, heavy moments. And and at the same time, you know, turn it around and go do you know, the game seven of the finals and bring the house down with just walking out there and, you know, and pointing or, you know, commanding the crowd. Um, you did such an amazing job on both ends of the spectrum. So my hat's off to you. Well, it, thank you. Um, I thought your head's off. I thought you left that uh, there was a, uh, a real void uh, created or, uh, you know, just a, a, a big space left in, uh, in, wow. in, 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 so as there will be for you sir but i appreciate it it just was you know it was my life yeah. it was every i gave it all you know i there's that tom brady uh tom versus time thing that's on facebook right now and the in the first episode uh he he says if you're gonna play against me you better be willing to give it all to die out there because I am. That's how much it means to me. Every time I'm on the field, I will give it all. And I thought about that and it just, it made me smile because I thought that's what that character was to me. I walked away knowing I gave everything to it. Everything I could every day, you know, and, uh, right. and no, no regrets because I put so much effort and so much time and, into that character and it showed right yeah. oh yeah um, no, and it came no across difference. but that's the difference that i i find uh i see a lot of guys today that they like the uh they like the idea of being an nba mascot but they don't like the work ethic it takes to build a brand right to, to do all the things it takes to do all the little details to do the details, all the, the preparation that yeah. I put in the, you know, I would do a video K 
can uh, and then show it at our mascot conference. And I remember one year specifically, I did a video and uh, a couple months later, I get a call from another NBA mascot like, hey, man, hey, remember that video you showed? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like, how did you like we want to we want to do that. Basically copy, which, OK, that's fine. Um, so how did you do it? OK, well, first I start explaining like we I got a musician. We made our own music, right? We custom made an intro because it was a fake TV show. We made the music. I got a camera. Crew. I found a house, you know, that was a multimillion dollar house in town that was being sold by a realtor friend. Got into that house. Got a, you know, got hired all these actors. And I'm still explaining. And he finally just said, oh, this, you can stop. There's no way I'll ever do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. All right. That's what it takes. That's, what, that's it takes. what it takes. If you're willing to go to that level to go, right. to the, you know, I, to those lengths. It took me a hundred hours to make a one minute video probably, you know? <laughs> um, but that's what I like. That's what it takes. Right. And he was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Don't even continue. That's right. I'll probably just go out and dunk. I'll just go. Dunk. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think I'm just going to, I'm going to do evolution of dance. I think. Yeah. Just going to go yeah. and yeah. dance. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, my son is, is, uh, is the mascot for the Cavaliers now. Right. And he called the other day and uh, he's like, so how do you do this? How do you get this together and, and make this happen? And, I, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. And I, and I, I started explaining the same thing to him and he's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, he's realizing, you know, that, he, that uh, uh, all the stuff that I made look easy is, is not, you know, there's more to it. Um, right. Wow. I was an actor. I made it, <laughs> made it work. Fake it till you make yeah. it. So that was, oh uh, so, so that was DC, yeah. but then I did that for one year and the owner who owned both teams at the time, was selling the hockey team. So I knew my job was going to get split, that I would have to choose one or the other. And uh, SeaWorld was calling me, asking me to go, just not renewing my contract, and going down to Orlando. And I was, I was done with the mascot life. All right, so hey, we're back with Rob Wycall, the former Coyote for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, so yeah, we've been talking already about uh, how you got started and everything, but you know, tell me a little bit about how long you were there and how long you were the the, the backup for um, for the Coyote, and it was Tim Dirk before that, right? And um, I started, I was started as a full-time employee in 2000 and took over about three years. It was like three and a half years later. Um, so it was, I was the backup for th three years ish as a full-time employee backup. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I'll bet you were kind of chomping at the bit to get in there and um, learn as much as you could and emulate and things like that. Uh, was it a, was it a transition or I mean, did you have a did you have a time of when you got in there as a full time guy? Did you have kind of a transition where you were trying to find your your style a little bit more, or were you, you know, or a bit? Yeah, maybe a little bit. 
uh, Ken, for the most part, I mean, I had been doing that character so much when, uh, you know, in those three years, I was at every game, uh, you know, was doing 250 appearances a year and then assisting at a lot of appearances. So I had, was so familiar with that character at that by that point. Um, it was, you know, it was pretty second nature to me to take over at a game. And of course, I had been at games as the backup, as the assistant, as well as, you know, I had been in D.C. as a mascot. So I was ready to go. I, like you said, I was chomping at the bit, ready uh, to see what I had. It was an interesting well, transition they- because, of course, Tim Dirk had a stroke and uh, put his name out there publicly as soon as he had that stroke. So when I was taking over, there was overwhelming support for Tim, of course. And most people were only knew Tim Dirk, of course, as Coyote. And were like, I don't care who this new guy is. Coyote's dead to me, you know, kind of attitude. Right, right. Such loyalty. Uh, right. By Tim. To the person. And he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he was, he's a great guy. And he is. A, you know, just a legendary performer, too. So, oh, of course. I mean, he um, was you know, one of the first, you know, to do a lot of things in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and uh, as you know, so it was just tough walking in that first game. You know, uh, of course, I had only had only known for whatever it was, maybe a week or so that, hey, you know, you're going to, you're taking over and get ready. So, it was just tough knowing that everybody knew who that it is a new guy. It wasn't like, you know, it's just the characters out there and Hey, some people might notice it's a little different, but for the most part, the general public just sees a character. No, everyone saw a dude in a suit. And what do you got now? We all know you're new, (laughs) you know? And so just put a lot of uh, pressure on me to perform immediately uh but fortunately it worked out you know that i was able to to go smooth and easy you know play it smart and cool for a while till i felt like i uh had had grown uh the trust of the crowd and uh yeah and you know i I, like i said the, the day of my first game there was an article in the newspaper by a columnist that's really well known in san antonio basically saying the coyote is dead to me like right. I've seen this guy work for 20 years and I don't care who it is. Coyote's dead to me. That, that was the coyote. Um, and so I, I just say my, uh, my biggest triumph is I never heard another word about it from that day forward. You know, like there was that article and that he never wrote another article about, you know, negative towards the coyote again. Um, you know, but it was tough. That's incredible. That. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, Hi, that's uh <laughs> yeah that's pretty heavy yeah it's like oh man follow up with that yeah but, but i knew i had real... big shoes to fill right right and you did you did real well i mean everything is a transition and and you know with these guys coming into uh the league and everything a lot of them do have to find their own like we've already mm-hmm. kind of talked about before and you know it, it it's a it's 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 a whole um discovering your own personalities and your own types of things. In fact, like, uh, you know, the guy who is uh, the Grizzly, 
um, Grizz down in Memphis. You know, I was talking to him the other day, and he's, he told me about he trying to find his little thing. And he does no crowd work. Uh, I should say very little crowd work. He doesn't like it. It's not his thing. What? But his thing is big, uh, you know, uh, skits that actually carry throughout the whole game. He tells a story throughout the whole game. And, and it's not just one time out where he goes out and does a skit or a, or a stunt or something like that. He tries to tell a whole story throughout the whole game and with a crescendo at the end. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys that do that. So, right. you know, but he said that it, it was, it was quite the journey trying to get to the point that he is at now. Yeah. Yeah. F- figuring out your crowd, um, yep. how you work best, you know, all those things, right? Cause every city is a little different in what they want, uh, what they'll accept, whether they're conservative, yeah, right. you know, or not. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Every, every town is different and a lot of them, will surprise you. I mean, Utah's crowd surprises me many times. So, so, uh, tell me, you know, do you have any other just moments or whatever you'd like to share with me about, uh, uh, the coyote before we talk about what you are doing now? Well, you know, I guess my biggest like takeaway, uh, my favorite thing about doing what I did and being the coyote, which we talked a little bit about before, uh, but was simply uh, the ability to serve people and uh, and serve a city, and you know that was really what uh, what I loved about what I did was just being. Uh, I always considered the Coyote sort of the you know like the biggest Spurs fan on earth, you know, the leader of the fans, and the fact that I was able to communicate that to the city that I felt like they always saw coyote as sort of their guy, you know, he's not a player. He's one of us, um, was something that I was proud of in the sense of really almost a business aspect of how I built that brand, how I always, uh, was cognizant of wanting that, uh, attribute to be seen and, and for it to come through. I say, uh, sometimes, you know, like, if I ask somebody, hey, how do, who was the coyote to you? And they'll say, yeah, he was a fun, you know, he was a goofball, funny guy. He was this, he was that. And I love when they use almost the exact same word that I would have used, Ken, to describe the coyote. That tells me I did a good job. That tells me I portrayed that character the way I wanted it to be portrayed. And they perceived it as such. Um, so, you know, I never wanted that disconnect to happen where they see the character as X, but I see it as Y. Um, so that was really, I say, one of my favorite things about the character was that, you know, I was an actor before I was a mascot. You know, I performed all my life in live theater. And so to me, it was just portraying a character to the best of my ability. Um, and so I always looked at it as that, as a performance, as a character. And uh, and for people to understand that character meant a lot because, by the way, I have no face, right? <laughs> you know, I can't speak. And to portray <laughs> that in a way that people understood, it was uh, was a triumph <laughs> in its own right. Well, yeah, to to be able to tell a story without using even facial expressions. Yeah, 
but and not it, only a story, so but good. really an entire character. You know that I was that you're right. able to tell people who you are um, without ever using a word, with simply body language. Yeah, um, you were you were you were good at that. I mean, there's there's very few in the league that that have that that uh, talent and ability to uh, to your well, level. Well, I don't know so. about that. I just know that was one of my loves. You know, that was I literally would just smile in the suit when I would come into a situation in which it's new to me, it's new to the and be, to be able to communicate. That was such a fun challenge to me, whether it was one-on-one -on -one or a huge group, but to be able to get across emotion to people and for the, when they would get it and they would respond with what I was wanting them to respond with would just make me laugh. Like, I don't even know how they understood, you know, like, wow, how did we ever get from here to there like how did they understand that that's so crazy to me um but again it was those nuances <laughs> in the suit but uh but just that was the fun of it man and that was what created a relationship with people coming back from the interlude there rob wycall the former coyote from the spurs been talking about his past how he got there some of his great experiences while being there and uh, some of his his tender moments and uh, more exciting moments as well. So uh, we were just talking about the, the, the things that he enjoyed in there about getting a crowd to uh, you know do what he wants and to be able to communicate with them without any uh, words or facial expressions or anything like that. So. Can you tell me uh, a little bit more about that, Rob? And then we'll move on to where you uh, are now. Where you are now, what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, really, Ken, all I was saying, and, and, and you know this from experience as well, just one of the loves I had uh, of what I did, uh, especially for me, my background being an actor, was portraying a character and having others understand that character or follow that character even when you have no facial expression, even when <clears throat> but uh, be able to follow what I'm trying to portray, what I'm trying to get across emotions um, with simply just using your body and doing body language was one of the loves that I had that I always was overwhelmed with, just surprised with, wow, I can't believe they got that. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, when I would be trying to say something to a crowd or to one on, you know, someone one on one that I, I never communicated that exact thing. You know, it was something new to me that at that moment that I just thought of. And uh, whether it's a joke you're trying to pull or, you know, what it might be um, for yeah. them to, Let me ask to get that is always, always fun. And that was another thing that there were times when it was just like, Okay, we're never going <laughs> to, this is not going to happen. Just, just let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. I remember yeah. it was almost like playing charades sometimes, right? That now sometimes people would get to where I would just make a motion and they'd be like, napkin. Um, you know, Kia. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't even done anything. And they'd be like, time out. Let's all calm down. <sighs> Breathe it out. Here we go. <laughs> First word. Did I, you yeah. know, and then I start all over like, I'm going to get this across to you. You just chill out a sec. Uh, That's you right. Know, and then we'd get in. But do you like, like yeah. it or not? Oh, yeah. Good times. Yeah. And, and you know what? And I think right there, that 
what we're talking about here is the reason or a big reason why people want to get into it into mascotting in the first place you know it's 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 that kind of different kind of performing and uh communication and uh you know those types of things but besides all the anonymity and you know being a you know get to get to the fact that you can get to be a a, a different character a different person yeah become another part maybe so yeah um, you know i've never I've never one uh, thought about much like why why do people want to be an, a mascot, um, and maybe that is part of what it is. It's that communication and stuff. But at the same time, you know that's one of the greater challenges of being a mascot. Um, that I like I said, I mean, twenty years later, I still that was the fun of it for me. I loved you know I remember being in the finals and. Uh, starters, the show, I think it's called starters on ESPN came, you know, and, and I'm walking into this interview. So they want to interview the mascot. Now walking into this thing blind, no idea what questions they're going to ask. And to watch that afterwards and see, you know, when he would ask a question, how I chose to communicate that and he would get it, you know, he'd understand the answer and, was so much fun like that was what i loved yeah yeah i love that no i get it it's a it's a very fulfilling and i don't know gratifying i guess i'm using there but what a uh you know fulfilling type of and um i don't know to have that as your Mm -hmm. job yeah come on so Anyways, um, well, hey, Rob, tell me what you're doing now. Well, you know what? I sort of transferred what I did as the coyote and sort of uh, really all I do is I talk about what I'm doing right now. Talk about and speak on the things that I did as coyote and why I did it. Um, So I have this phrase that I use, which is my philosophy on life. Sort of life lessons I learned uh, from wearing fur for a living. Um, or how I found the real me in fake fur, as I say. So really, I do. <laughs> I speak to groups about uh, creating moments for people, uh, creating connections, and, and uh, how I did that as a mascot, with stuff that we've been talking about today, Ken, about just really being authentic and being real and being present. You know, as a mascot, it's not, you can't sort of uh, uh, just be there. You know, like, you, like your regular job, you can just sort of physically be there, but mentally you're getting the groceries kind of thing. I mean, as a mascot, you're really, I was in it 100%. You know, my entire body, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, when the game was going on, I was there. Um, and, and that's sort of what I talk about. That's how you are able to, Find those opportunities to make moments for people in your regular day life. You don't need a suit and a court to do it. You just got to be present in the moment. You just got to see those opportunities when people need somebody. You know, my our job is moments for people. You know, my job was to make special situations, you know, to find opportunities to make memories. But, uh, but I just talk about your opportunity to do that in everyday life. I talk about building a brand. So just speaking on those kinds of things about how I built the Coyote brand and uh, and how a person sometimes needs to, you know, work on their own personal brand, just like I worked on that Coyote brand. 
so that there isn't a disconnect. Like I was saying, when, when somebody said, I asked somebody, hey, what do you think of the coyote? Who was he? You know, who is the coyote? And they say, oh, he's funny. He's this. And I say, exactly. That's what I wanted it to be. You know, that's why I wanted people to see. That's why I wanted the perception to be, well, guess what? In real life, there's a disconnect that people think who they are, who they're portraying, their brand. I'm doing those quotation marks in my fingers right now. Um, they're, you know, uh -huh. those things. Their brand, uh, what I call their personal leadership brand, they don't even know what that is. They don't know what's being portrayed. They think it's one thing, but it's another. There's a disconnect. It takes a lot of work to, to yeah. get rid of yeah. that disconnect. That when people, you have to be very diligent, as I was with Coyote. Every decision I made was pursuing that same brand. I never looked out of its true brand. Um, and that took work ahead of time to know who this guy is. How, okay, so he's funny. What's that mean? You know, he's athletic. What's that mean? How does that manifest itself? And then how does he react to situations? But people don't do that in their real lives. So I have a branding course that I go through that sort of says, here's what I did with Coyote. Let's do it with you today. And let's build this little bit of a personal brand um, so you know who you are better. So your perception I'm coincides with what people really think. Right. So making moments, just a lot of what I did as Coyote. I love to talk about it, man, and what was behind it, uh, the purpose, the reason. Um, and then, uh, you know, people are always amazed. People love to hear because it's such a weird industry, right? People don't know what it takes to be an NBA mascot. And right. I sort of <clears throat> thrive well, on that, you know? Me, yeah. Let me ask you, though, I mean, or let me comment, though, on – love the fact that you are are tying the branding the uh the personality the character and everything uh of coyote or of a mascot to um to people because honestly i i love that uh how, how that that tie-in you know i hadn't really thought about it that way but but yeah very very true to my character mm -hmm. day in day out the character and i live the um uh the the branding of it you know i never you know there's certain things like i won't take a picture with somebody with alcohol in their hand you know and, and it's and it's those types of things that i stick to and i mean a lot of people don't stick to their 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 own self, mm -hmm. their brand what right. they <clears throat> portray and People are swaying. Even, even, um, even corporations will will sway because of uh, you know certain things. That they won't put their foot down, and, and 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 you know, I'm not talking about being you know not being able to change with the times and things like that. But at the same time, you know, uh, people seem to overall not be true to themselves. Not be true to. They're always trying to be uh, somebody else. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> personally. We're being right. It's not true to life. No, of fine. course, we're portraying but, a character. Right. But what I say right. is that was my job, right, to portray this character. Um, right. So I had to be very particular right. to know who that guy was. So I, I like to reference the Mr. Met yeah. guy who's walking off the field, hot and tired into the tunnel. Some fan yells something and he turns around and flips the bird. He's fired. He wasn't true to the brand. He was being him, the person. He reacted as the person, not as the character, right? And that's right. what people do in life because right. they're not 
being true to their the brand, their ultimate you. So that's sort of what I say is, who is your ultimate you? It's not a guy who turns around and flips the bird, right? It's you have a different decision. As Coyote, I knew, hey, when people are yelling, I my reaction is X. This is the way I'm going to react. That's the way the character I've chosen for the character to react. Now that I've thought about it ahead of time, it's a lot easier to do it than you're in this situation. I'm hot. I'm tired. I've got bias. I've got, you know, whatever it might be. And, and I'm going to react not true to the character. Um, and so we, that's our jobs. But when it's not your job, i.e. your person, you don't think about it as much. You don't put as much effort into it. And life sort of happens to you instead of you controlling how your life progresses. Right. And taking responsibility for yeah, whatever and, and it's a lot easier and to take responsibility when you know. When you know why. Yeah. Why did I do X? Well, because I've thought about it and this is who I am and this is what I believe. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's a, you know, I've got a, it's about a three hour course, three and a half hour course that's teach that just sort of goes through all of that, you know, that talks about why do companies spend so much money and time and effort on their brand and want to be so particular to it? You know, uh, there is something there. Right. Why aren't people doing that? Because a company, you know, like you work for a company and you leave that company, that brand, like they go away there's But your brand always sticks with you. If, like I say uh, in my speaking stuff, if let's say you're late all the time. You're just one of those people that's always five minutes late, right? We all know one of those. Um, and it's always an excuse. Right. Well, uh, traffic, uh, you know, whatever. I got a flat tire. There's always something. And I say, but if you ask that person, are you an unreliable person? They're going to say, no, I'm reliable. But the brand that they're, that the perception of them is they're unreliable. You can't trust them. They're late. So there's a disconnect. Yep. So either under yep. know that about yourself, let's be honest and authentic with ourselves and say, hey, I'm late all the time. I'm projecting unreliability or I'm going to be make sure I'm on time from now on because now I see it and I don't want that disconnect. I don't want to be seen as that. Right. One of the two. Let's be honest with ourselves. here, yep. though. Instead of why do people, th you know, they don't trust me. Well, because you're, you know, because you're late all the time. That's yeah. why you're giving the perception that you cannot be trusted. So it's just little stuff like that that people don't think about. But once you say it in that realm and I and I sort of show it as coyote of how I went through that process, it's like, oh, OK. You know, now I, I see that. That makes sense. These are things that we can just completely relate with because we're we're able to step out of ourselves we're able to step out of uh this you know our, our personal lives and things so uh you know so that we can see these things in a different perspective and i, and I like how the how you've zoned in on that and that's that's amazing how, how's the, how's the how are the teaching engagements uh or the or the speaking engagements you know going? they're they're going well it's sort of just building that content ken um but you know mm -hmm. so i I'm slowly growing this thing. Um, you're, and you're also and you're also advising. Uh, you're also advising a couple. Uh, yeah, some uh, teams. teams I'm doing well, some right? mascot consulting. Something that I never imagined I would do, but I love teaching. I love talking about it. Just like in my speaking, you know, it's just really talking about what I did, and I love doing that. 
I'm fine with not putting a suit on anymore and just talking to guys and, and seeing their eyes light up when they get it, you know, um, it's fun for yeah. me. So yeah, a little bit of consulting, That's a little awesome. bit of speaking and, uh, and a little bit of, uh, staying home at night, not being gone every evening. is pretty awesome too. <laughs> Uh, that's great yeah. well you got a great family and you're going to be able to spend uh, some good time with them and and uh, you're a good man i want to wrap this up but uh man sure really appreciate you coming on man. talking to us sharing your i'm gonna have you on again i appreciate it and that's you know okay. i love i love talking about this stuff it, it means so much to me and i really do believe it so thanks for letting me share that philosophy a little bit and, and talk to you as well one of the greats well very, very uh, nice of you to say, but, uh, um, yep, like I you said know before, it. you know, it's, uh, well, yeah, true. <laughs> it so, takes one to um, know one. <laughs> or something, I don't know. <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> so, like, well, you know, it's great having you on, and uh, honestly, gosh, we miss you in the industry, and, uh, um, but we'll have you back on here, and obviously, you know, it, you're a great speaker, and if anybody out there out there wants to uh, get a hold of you, how can they do that? Uh, I have a website. It's uh, whycallrob.com, W-H-Y-C-A-L-L-R-O-B. Yep, say it again because uh, uh, we may have cut whycallrob.com, just W-H-Y-C-A-L-L-R-O-B. Um, so just sort of a play on my name. <laughs> Rob Whycall is my name. Switch it. Why call Rob? Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I've got that website, and you can get a hold of me through that website. Um, and of course, it talks yeah. a little bit. Of, has some of the the media that I've been on since I retired, as as well as sort of my uh, some of my philosophy as well. So, thanks for having me, it. sir. I would love to be on again. And uh, and 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 luck to you. Good luck to you with uh, with this endeavor. With this van, yes, <laughs> appreciate it, man. Well, I'm I'm interviewing other pe- I'm interviewing other people because obviously, uh, I uh, play dress up for a living and don't speak for a living right. for a reason. Yeah, I know the feeling. It's been a it's been a change <laughs> for me. Yeah, to go from not speaking well, to great- speaking <laughs> for a living. That's all I do. <laughs> right on. Well, you'll be. Uh, hopefully, this will help you out. Thanks. And uh, thanks for helping me out. So. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. I'll have you back on here. And I uh, sure love you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Ken. Same at you, man. Take care. Right. We'll see you. We'll see Bye. Bye-bye. For the fact that ended up uh, my house in San